Good morning, everybody. What's going on today? Everybody happy? Come on, don't get reserved now. Now's the time to stir it up. All that energy's been building. Praise God. Well, welcome again today. Glad you're here. I know it's the beginning of spring break for the for the schools and everything. And, and <laughs> There's a sound of joy in the house. And all the parents are groaning because the kids will be home. No. <laughs> Listen, everybody, uh, next couple weeks are big, big weeks around here with our, uh, our two events. Of course, Easter and uh, Palm Sunday. Big deals going on. So uh, let's get stirred up about that. You know, G- Jesus compared our, our, our outreach efforts, our evangelism to fishing. And I'm told by the fishing experts in the house, there are certain times of the year that it's better to fish than others, right? Like when there's water and not ice. <laughs> uh, uh, however, I, I mean, at the same time, uh, when it comes to winning the loss, there are certain seasons that they're just the culture around us, the natural schedule, it just plays right into it. So you've been praying about family and friends and neighbors and, you know, Frank and Frank and associates and kids and so forth. Uh, well, this would be a good time to, to reach out and uh, let's uh, reel them in. Amen. Amen. For the glory of God. Praise God. Next couple of weeks got extra parking and everything. Uh, just uh, ready for this week. And uh, so we're ready to go. Ready to cast the net. Amen. Hey, let me say this real quick. Next week... Uh, you know, we we provide gourmet hot dogs and everything and high-end nutrition uh, during this event, the egg stream hunt for everybody. If, if there's anyone, this might not be anyone, but there, if there's anyone in this service that no matter what I say or encourage you to do next week as far as staying and sticking around and eating gourmet food and... and uh, chatting and talking. If no matter what I say at the end of the service next week, you're going to get in your car and go to a restaurant or go home, could you do one thing for me? Come to the first service. If nothing I say is going to get you to stay after the service next week anyway. Everybody, does that make sense? All right. Because uh, this service is always packed and next week is going to be beyond packed. And so that would help. As I say that seriously, if you're not going to stay either way, come to the first one. It's really good. It was good today. It's good last week. Sometimes it's better than this one. It is. I'm telling you the truth. Wouldn't lie, especially with what I'm going to preach today. <laughs> All right. If you brought your Bible with you, go to Rome with you today. Go to Romans chapter uh, ten. Romans the 10th chapter. Let's get back into some stuff. We've been in a series for now a a number of weeks, and and, uh, I've got more to share that I believe will help you. We're not just going through the motions here today. I want to give you real spiritual equipment, tools that'll help you to walk in God's best all of your days and influence those around you. This series is called Faith and Fellowship. We've discovered how the two go hand in hand, both the principles, the rules that govern God's kingdom and the law of faith, and then also the relational side. It's our personal day 
daily interaction and fellowship with the Father that causes this thing to be alive. How many know you can't trust someone you don't know? And when we know both how the kingdom of God works and we know the person who's on top of it, the person who's in charge, it creates a real useful dynamic for us to enjoy life, for us to experience God's best and to make a difference in the lives of people around us. Our text for this uh, series is Romans 10 verse 17. It reads, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and so the, 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 the component to this that I want to share with you today, it really is vital on both sides, meaning both the principal side and the person side, both the rule and the relationship. And this particular um, thing I want to share with you has to do with truth, okay? Here's the basis of this. God is a God of truth. There is no lie There is no deception. There is no darkness in Him at all. Okay? If that weren't the case, how many know we wouldn't gain faith by hearing Him? We would gain question. We would gain doubt. You know, some people, the more they talk, the less you trust them. (laughs) All right? That has to do with their integrity. It has to do with their commitment to what they say. God is absolutely a God of truth. Let me give you, a, uh, let me just read to you a, a few scriptures about that. Numbers twenty three nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Or has he spoken? And will he not make it good? How many know that's the kind of God we serve there? Uh, there's, been, there's been great uh, misunderstanding of Him. People propagate certain statements and sayings as if they're biblical, but they're not. And people say, well, uh, you know, about the Father. You say, well, well, well you never can really tell what God's going to do. You just never really know what He's up to, what He's going to do. Ah, nonsense. Baloney, that's not true. You never know what a person of, his, of integrity, of a person of his word is going to do. How about they're going to do what they said they would do? Oh, yeah. With God, it's always a mystery. And we say it with reverence and awe, and it's not true. God is not always about a mystery. I realize there are things we don't know. There are things about Him we don't know. But I tell you, He's not trying to be mysterious to us. He's trying to reveal Himself to us. Because He is absolutely honest. He is just. The universe is upheld by the word of His power. The very integrity of what God has said is holding all things together. It's the reason we pray. It's the reason we can stand and say God is faithful. God is just. God will do for me what He promised He would do. Amen. God is a God of truth. He, he, he doesn't, there are no lies, not even yellow ones or white ones or black ones or any kind of co- color-coded lie. Uh, he's just truth. First John chapter 1 and, and verse 5 reads that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. El Zippo, zero darkness, 
None in him. Just light. John 16, 13. Jesus told us, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit is revealed to us as the spirit of truth who guides us into the truth. He's not trying to hide, not trying to trick us, not trying to, you know, deceive us in any way to get us to act, act a certain way. Another way we could say it, say it is this, uh, God is not fake. He's not phony. There's no phony baloney. There's no, uh, n- nothing like that going on. He is 100% real and genuine. He's the real deal. I mean, what this can help us to understand is why we should be that way and why there's something inside of us that leads us to be honest and, and truthful in all of our dealings in life. Well, our Father is that way. We are truth children of a truth God, right? And so then the truthfulness of God, again, is our basis the very foundation of our faith in Him. Like I said, if it weren't true, faith wouldn't come by hearing from God. I wouldn't encourage you to hear from God because you'd never know whether it was good or bad or true or false. But because He is full of integrity, full of honesty, completely real, no phony baloney at all, the more we can hear from Him, the better off we are. Because truth makes you free. And you can trust Him in anything and everything that He says. And you know this, the kingdom of God operates in light, not in darkness. Think of it in this way. Light is, is open, light is honest, light is r- revealing, darkness is hiding things, it's secretive, it doesn't want anyone to know. And how many know the scriptures teach us that in light there's healing? You know, if, you'll, if, you, if you will uh, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another, you'll be healed, James says. In other words, don't hide them. Don't be secretive about it. Don't keep it in the dark. Let things out in the light, and then healing comes. You know, a lot of times uh, uh, we hinder our own spiritual progress. We hinder our results from God by... You know, trying to put on a facade by acting like we're one thing when that's really not our present experience. And there's a, there's a fine line there because we understand in our, in our church here about how to live by faith and not by feelings. And so we understand that just because we feel it, we're not going to necessarily wear it. But at the same time, what, the, what the, the other extreme to that could be is individuals, they're, they're going through a, a difficult time or they got some challenges in their life and they, out of fear of someone thinking that their faith is somewhere not, you know, as strong as they want them to think that it is, uh, they're concerned about their faith reputation, they'll be, they'll be fake with people. And they need someone to pray and agree with them. But they won't because they want to be, no, I don't need anyone, everything's fine. You see how we could get in a ditch on either side of this? But it's the real, genuine um, acknowledgement of the way things are that open us up. See, now we're in the light. And that's where the real answers come from. That's where God speaks. That's where we hear, we stand and believe and things change. 
Huh? I mean, wouldn't it be a shame if someone year after year after year struggled with the same problem because they were afraid to tell anyone about it? When really, you know what? We're in a family. We are the body of Christ. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We surround each other with faith and love. We lift each other up and bring each other forward in, in, you know, in, in progress. Has, it, has anyone in, at any time in your life benefited from the help, the encouragement, the, the instruction, the prayer of another believer? I mean, I tell you, we all, I think anyone who would be honest, and let's go ahead and do that today, uh, uh, would say Absolutely. I would not be where I am if it weren't for the input of what God has given other people. Amen. Well, uh, look with me at the book of Mark. Mark chapter 11. Uh, we, We read this scripture a few weeks ago, and I brought out some other points in this very same series. But there's a real key principle here that if overlooked, totally undermines the life of faith, which then totally undermines a person's ability to overcome, have victory in life, to live in God's best. And it is exactly what we're talking about. You already know what it is. But listen to this principle, and so we can all be on the same page. Living by faith is not... Only believing the words of God, believing His promises to me. Living by faith is also believing my words about me and my circumstances in life. Everybody with me? I I, want to be real clear about this. It is both. Okay, I need to believe what God has said to me, about me, for me, my future, everything. I need to believe those specific words. I can't believe if I don't know what he said. Impossible to have faith outside of knowing God's words. But I also now, the life of faith includes believing what I say. And I'll show you, this is right here. This is not some kind of mysterious thing that's been hidden. It's been right here in the Bible the whole time. Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, look, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Who's the he there? The he is not God here. The he is the person speaking to the mountain. And we know it's been very common in religious circles for people only to describe their mountain, to be in awe of their mountain, sometimes to talk to God about it and pray about their mountain. Very little speaking to the mountain gets done, which is one of the reasons mountains stay. Mountains become permanent fixtures in people's lives. Because no one's ever talked to it. But you can see the great emphasis on in this verse is about what a person says. And of course what they believe in their heart about what they say to the mountain. Everybody with me today? What, what must the person believe? They need to believe in God. No. 
They need to believe that God answers prayer. No. What do they need to believe? They need to believe that the things that they say will happen. This is the word to you. From the Lord Jesus, this is faith. This is faith. This is faith in God that you believe that whatever you say happens. Wow, that's that's powerful. Now, this is the reason why this this power of of speaking and words, why situations like when uh, before Jesus was born, remember his cousin John. He was Baptist. Remember John the Baptist? Uh, he, when he was getting, uh, his parents were old and the angel appeared to his dad, Zacharias, and told him about what was going to happen and he questioned it. In other words, there was doubt there. What, 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 what happened? The angel said, we're going to shut you up for a while. And he was not able to speak until his child was born. What's up with that? It's called... What he believed, his doubt being expressed through his mouth, had a chance of hindering God's plan. God wanted one thing, but he didn't have agreement with his servants. Some say, well, God can do whatever he wants to do. That's not true. Where did we hear that? See, what we've confused is ability of God and what actually, and, and how the system, how the kingdom works. He's almighty, he's all-powerful, he has the ability to do anything, but he has invested uh, authority and rights within his creation. And he just doesn't puppet us and make everything happen. He speaks, we obey or disobey. He speaks, we agree and believe or we don't believe. And in that situation, there was a lack of belief, so he had to interrupt it, so his plan could keep going forward, right? Now, if mountains moving are contingent upon me believing what I say, in other words, when I say mountain, get out of here, then that reveals that I must have strong confidence in my own integrity, in my own words. If I am not a person of truth and honesty and complete... uh, commitment to what I say, then this doesn't work for me. Everybody okay? What he says here is you need to have agreement between your heart and your mouth. And how many know if you say something that's not true, you know it. If you're pulling someone's leg, if you're bending the truth... If you're presenting something in a, in a different light than what is the way it's supposed to be, you know that you're doing that. What do you mean you? Right inside, the heart, the inner part of you, the very core of your being, you know that you're doing that. And so there's a, there's a break between the power source and the release of your faith. And that's why things fall apart. In other words, I I could say it in a real strong way like this. Liars don't believe. What don't they believe? Themselves. They don't believe the word. And for good reason, they don't believe the words that they speak. 
because they're not always they're not always true. They're not always accurate. Sometimes, you know, we don't recognize that little minor things like this actually hinder us from enjoying God's blessings on our finances or in our health or in our, our marriage or in different things. Little things like this hinder a person's ability to remove obstacles by speaking to them. You know, someone calls on the phone and, and uh, you're in the room and you, you see who it was or hear who it was and you say, tell them I'm not here. I mean, no one in here would ever do that, I know, but uh, I heard of this happening one time. It was a very bad person. <laughs> no, watch what happened when a person did that, all right? They just undermined their faith. When next time they speak to their mountain, they don't have integrity. Their words are not always truthful. Huh? You know, uh, little things, it's just... You know, tell, uh, t- tell them I'll call them back. But you know you're not going to. You're not going to call them back. You're just trying to get out of that situation. You're trying to delay. You're trying to do something other than deal with it. And so there's a lack of integrity which undermines your faith. Amen. I mean, little things. Uh, you ever been to a restaurant? And, you know, the server comes over after a while and says, How's your food? And because you don't really want you don't really want to make an issue of it, say, "Oh yeah, it's fine." When it wasn't, it was horrible. Oh yeah, it's fine. Everything's good. What what happened there? Well, not only did you not get a free meal, but <laughs> or I guess the opposite would be the case. Uh, but what happened is you undermined the integrity of your own word. You don't believe the things that you say because you've made a habit of little things like that. You may not be trying to hurt anyone, may not trying to be, not really trying to be deceptive, but you're letting words fly that don't agree with what you know is accurate and what is truthful. Flippantly saying things you don't mean is still lying. Everybody okay? Look with me at Ecclesiastes chapter 5. About the middle of the Bible, if you find Psalms, Proverbs, it's next. Ecclesiastes, if you can say it accurately, you get extra credit. (laughs) Ecclesiastes chapter 5, let's take a look at this principle here. It reads in verse 2, do not be rash with your mouth. And let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be, what's that word? Few. Let your words be few. People who talk a lot usually get into trouble. Hallelujah. Verse 3. For a dream comes through much activity. And a fool's voice is known by his many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it. In other words, if you tell God you're going to do something, what? Do it. For he has no pleasure in fools. What's the definition of a fool there? They talk a lot and they say things to God that they don't follow through on. That's called being a fool. He said, pay what you have vowed. 
Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. Do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin, nor say before the messenger of God, it was an error. Or I didn't mean it. Oops, I didn't know what I was getting into. Sorry. Why should God be angry at your excuse and destroy the work of your hands? And what we have here is wisdom. Saying, if you're going to commit to stuff, know what you're committing to. This can happen very often, sometimes by very well-meaning individuals. Someone will ask them to do something and they'll be quick to be compliant and wanting to help. And they say, yes, I'll do that. I'll help you there. Sign me up. Put me down. Quick to sign up. With no real thought, no real forethought and consideration of what they're committing to, what they're giving their word on. And then it comes around and something comes up. They get busy or they didn't check their schedule or something comes and they're not able to or they, they don't, for whatever reason, fulfill that commitment. What did that do? They just put a grin on your mountain space. You know what I mean by that? Your mountain no longer respects your words because your words are not good. They're just kind of loose and flippant. Sometimes this can happen even in, in church where individuals are good, again, often well-meaning, or maybe they're just people pleasers. I don't know. But, uh, but looking, they're too quick to say yes to something. That might seem like an odd thing for me to say. But too quick to say yes when there's no commitment to that word. In other words, if I, if I stood up here today and say, hey, we've got this uh, new thing going on, we've got this big event, it's going to be great, yada, 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 all this stuff. Uh, it's going to be this Saturday. It's going to be at certain time. And uh, I need 50 people to come and help and make this thing go. And, and, and it's going to be great. And I paint a big picture of vision and everything. It's wonderful. Everyone's inspired. I need 50 people. How many will do it? Bam. You know, and we get people lifting up their hands all over the place and and people are inspired in the moment but then come saturday are are they there so well i forgot about this oh and i you know i was meaning to but then i forgot and you know or this happened this happened doesn't matter what's the deal You weren't honest, you weren't truthful, you weren't full of integrity, you weren't committed to your word, and that's going to affect your faith life. Hmm. Now, I understand that sometimes we do make mistakes. I think it's totally right. If I were to commit to someone, say, hey, I'll be there at, at, at 12 o'clock and I'll see you here, and, uh, and if I forgot about something or something came up, I think it's totally honest and and. In integra- integral to call a person up and say, hey, this happened, this came up, uh, could you let me out of my commitment to you, this situation happened. I think that would be right and that would be uh, acceptable. But what we cannot allow to be okay in our own lives is to just commit to things and not follow through. Not only does it hinder relationships and it hinders other people's trust in you, it hinders your own belief in your own words. And if we're going to live by faith, we must believe our words. You're all kind of quiet on this now. Amen. Have you ever seen it in, in, in business where 
you've dealt with a, a business and they made certain promises to you and they didn't fulfill those, they didn't keep their promises to you. Does anybody ever experience that? You know, first service, I have hands going up without asking for them. Yeah, that's me. I, I you know, <laughs> could tell it still kind of bugged them. Maybe it was this week. I don't know. Well, what are you going to do with that? You know, some, some, some business people fail as a result of that. Because they, then they have a bad reputation in the community and people aren't going to come back and do business with them. Why? You can't, can't, can't count on them. You don't know if they could tell you one thing and do something else and they just don't seem to care about it. Integrity goes a long way. But it is vital in the life of faith. Don't be rash with your mouth. Look at, look at Matthew chapter 5. And let's look at this one over here as well and see what Jesus said. Uh, concerning this very issue. Matthew, the fifth chapter. And, and verse 33, Matthew 5, 33. Jesus was explaining here in Matthew, you might notice the context. He's saying the law said this, I say this. He was basically upping the ante on all the requirements uh, of the, on Israel, and it was to the point that they would come to an end to themselves and stop trusting their own righteousness. But at the same time, we see a level and a standard of how God lives and acts, how truth acts, okay? Uh, Matthew 5.33, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely. Now, I don't think of swear like cussing. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about what we call promises. Don't swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. Okay, that's what they used to say. He said, here's what I say to you. Do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And there was all these things that are outside of your control. You're not going to add heaven and earth or the city or anything to what you say because you can't control that anyway. He said, nor shall you swear by your head because you cannot make one hair white or black. This is before hair coloring. (laughs) Not really. Uh, Verse 37, here's the point. But let your yes be what? Yes, and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. This is Jesus' commentary on how we should guard our, we could say, our vows, our commitments, the very words of our mouth uh, need to have a governance on them. And he said, if you have to vow, he said, don't do that at all. Why? Because your yes ought to be good enough. Your no ought to be good enough. In other words, what individuals will often do today is they'll tell someone, hey, I'll do this for you. I'll be there at this time. And they're questioned on it and they say, listen, I promise you. I'll do this. I promise you know, sometimes kids, they used to say things like this. I don't know if they still do. They'll say, I'll do this. Cross my heart. Hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. Which is just horrible. That's not even PG-13, I don't think. 
But what, what are they doing? What are they say, What is the kid saying when they when they say that? What what is an adult saying when they say, "Listen, I'll do it. I promise, I'll do it." Here's what they're saying. Normally, when I tell you I'll do something, I'm lying. <laughs> However, this time, I'm telling you the truth. How do I know it? Because I said, "I promise." Amen. What did Jesus say? Your yes ought to be yes and your no ought to be no and you shouldn't have to add anything to it. Why would someone say, I do this, I promise? Because their word by itself is not good enough. They have to add something to it. They have to reinforce their commitment, their statement, their promise to someone by adding this other language to it. How about we just... Always do what we say. How about we just be full of integrity, and if we're not going to do it, we're not going to promise someone we're going to do it. Huh? You know, every time someone asks, uh, asks a question of you, you don't have to reveal the answer. That seemed to get real quiet. You know, you know every, every time someone asks you to do something, you don't have to say yes. There are certain things that, here's the point in the first statement, all right? People feel obligated to respond a certain way, and so sometimes they lie as a result of it. They'll say, hey, someone will ask them, they'll say, well, I don't really know. Well, they do know. They just don't want to tell them, so they tell them that they don't know. That'll hurt your faith. That'll interrupt your, your speaking to the mountain. Huh? What, what's necessary? Honesty. Say, well, I, I just don't feel comfortable telling you right now. Or whatever. You've you got to say something without lying. Without saying the opposite of what your heart knows is correct. We're not required to tell everybody everything we know about every situation. Huh? I'm, honestly, I'm even hesitant when someone I see, haven't seen them for a while, and I, I see them and we have conversation at the end of the, this conversation, they say, oh, and say hi to, say hi to Amy, say hi to your parents for me, say hi to this person for I'm real hesitant by, to answer that. You know why? Not because I necessarily don't want to. I might forget. And so honestly, I, a lot of times... I, People probably wonder because I'm looking for a good answer. Unless I know for certain that I will do it. I'll say, okay, yeah, sure. Otherwise, I'm looking for, uh, yeah, if I remember. <laughs> I just don't want to tell someone I'm going to do something unless I'm going to do it. And if I, you know, or someone says, hey, yeah, pray for me. Uh, okay. How about what I'll t- so often do? I'll say, how about we pray right now? Why? Because I get 100,000 people asking me that. I don't want to lie about it. I don't want to tell someone I'm going to pray for them specifically, you know, about their situation if I'm not going to. So I'm looking, as, why, don't we, why don't we pray right now? Or, I'll, you know, you come up with a, a different way to say it, not being disingenuous by any means, but just the opposite. Everybody, does everybody make, understand what I'm talking about here? You've got to find ways because you may, you may discover through this week as you analyze this and look at your responses to things that there's little leaks 
in, your, in the system, you know. Like, like Solomon said, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Little things that, that cause you to lack integrity and, and lack a belief in the very words of your mouth. Be precise with your words. Be accurate. M- make sure there's agreement from here to here. When there are, you become a powerful person of faith. You speak and things happen. Things change. Circumstances are rearranged. Jesus didn't pray to the Father about the storm. He didn't pray about the fig tree. He didn't pray about Peter's mother-in-law's fever. He, He didn't pray about Lazarus in the tomb. You know what I'm talking about? What did He do? He spoke. He made command. He put a demand on the power of God by believing that what He said would happen. And he was most certainly a person of prayer. Prayed all night at times. He heard the Father's voice and believed the words that he said. And then he walked out of those places as a person with power. As a person who was in charge of life and circumstance. He even said at the end, he said, no one takes my life. I lay it down. Even when he's in cuffs, you know, he's... Uh, going to the cross, he knew at the very moment he wanted to, he could change that thing. He was still in charge. And too often today, we live as if we are subject to all this junk in the world happening to us. And we're just crying out for help. No, God intended for you as his child to be like him. To be powerful. To be in charge. To be uh, people of truth. That when you speak, your words carry great weight and they have an effect in the realm of the Spirit. Amen. So we need to, we try to close, clear all false pretension out of our lives, value genuine openness, honesty, being real, and being truthful. If it's true, you're committing to it, say it. I know one extreme to this would be someone could say, hey, after I know this about, you know, like commitments and all that stuff, I'm never promising anyone anything (laughs) another day in my life. Anyone ask me, I learned at church today, say no. (laughs) Say no. Maybe, and that's final. <laughs> now, obviously, that's a ditch on the other side, okay? Because we don't want to be individuals like that. We want God to use us, and part of life is committing to people, committing to the Lord, committing to do things. We have to. But we measure it, we value it, we analyze it, and then we step into it and let it be so. And I will do it. Amen? Amen. Did I give you that scripture in, 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 in Psalms already? Remember the, the person that, that speaks about in Psalms 15? It says a person who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Yeah. There are times for people like us, people of honesty and truth, that we commit to things and later we wished we hadn't. And it hurts. But what do we do? We follow through anyway. Unless someone lets us off the hook or something, you know what I'm talking about. But we follow through. Why? Well, because we said we would. And that means everything.
and down the road, it makes a difference when I've got a mountain that I need to speak to. When I've got a barrier to my life and I need to use the Word of God in the name of Jesus, I need to believe that God's mighty power is flowing through me and I speak to the mountain, I need to believe the words that I speak will come to pass. Then I get whatever I say. Amen, amen. Father, today, we thank You. Father, we look to You. We are Your children. Truth children of a truth God.